assumable loans, and rent to own. I'm here to tell you why that's bullshit. Are you ready to go? Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children, 18 plus. You are tuned in to the Loan Officer Podcast with me, Dustin Owen, and my main man, JC. John Coleman. Yeah, what's poppin'? Ooh, that intro, a little fiery. That was good for you, man. Little fiery. Yeah, bullshit. That's a strong word. That's a strong word, but I'll be honest, man, like, assumable loans, mm, that sounds pretty sexy. That looks pretty enticing. Makes for a great TikTok. Mm-hmm. Bro, I think we had less than 10,000 homes purchased in 2023 where the buyer assumed the seller's mortgage. And I'm not talking in the great state of Florida or the great state of Texas or New York. The whole country. The whole entire country. Yes. And then my entire career, because we're talking about the bullshit Mm -hmm. of assumable home loans, my whole entire career I've had to deal with do you have any good rent-to-own programs? RTO. Like what, good? Mm, good's a strong word. Rent-to-own. Let's talk about that. Let's really dig into that. And this is 20 years in the making. And guess what? In 2024, we're still looking for a quote-unquote good mm. rent-to-own program. Sure, there's programs out there. I just don't know any of that are good. Because if they were good, we all would be exercising their greatness. We're not, we're not participating. Why are we not participating? Cause they're not great. So we're going to talk about that today, John, we're going to jump right into it. We're going to do a deep dive. Look, this episode, home buyers, real estate agents, home sellers, anyone who makes their living supporting real estate professionals or mortgage loan originators, y'all should know this and you should be taking it to your communities that you serve. But before we jump into it. Oh, shit. I thought oh, you were about to go. I was like, shit, you're like, ready to go? I thought, I thought, oh, we got some I, housekeeping. We always have housekeeping. We always have housekeeping. <laughs> hey, a couple things I want you all to check out. Go over to our website, tloponline.com. I am telling you to do this. This is your price that you have to pay for tuning in today's episode. Okay. All right. Go to tloponline.com. Mm-hmm. First things first, if you haven't done so already, subscribe to the newsletter. It is free. We send at least one newsletter per week. I personally write its contents. So we have sales tips, we have market updates, we have a program and product guideline changes that you should be aware of, okay? And if you subscribe to our newsletter, we also invite you to one free monthly loan officer sales training. Mm. It, these are live, these are done you know, via Zoom, yeah, and you will be invited. So first things first, do that. While you're out there, check out where we're going to be next. If you're on TLOP online, you will see, if you scroll down, where we're going to be next. One of those places, The Gathering, Housing Wire's annual event, the who's who of real estate comes together with the who's who of mortgage. It's a three-day event. It is in Phoenix, Arizona in April. Details are on the website. We're going to be there. Me, John, Nikki, Mark, the TLOP crew is going to be there with some of the biggest names and executives in real estate and mortgage. This event is specifically for those people who are typically area manager, divisional manager, uh, sales leaders, owners of companies, executives, 
Like it's more of that level. Mm -hmm. If you're an LO, I'm going to tell you to save your money and probably come hang out with us in Vegas Turn up for a in trip. June at Morgan's Mastermind. And you'll want to keep on going back to TLOP online to check out those details. Mm -hmm. And then while you're over at TLOP online, if you are a loan officer, you're going to be a part of a community. That community is all, all about growth, betterment, coaching, training, investing in one another, investing in ourselves and getting 1% better while also making more money and being less of a mess as a business professional. Oh, snap. Yo, join the community. Yeah, that's what it join is. Join the community. Annual dues end up being less than one half of a commission. Even with the price changes that we're going to have multiple times this year, it'll still be less than the average commission on one loan for the entire year of support, coaching, and training. Dustin's not only the president, he's a client. I am a client too. Yes. Cause I teach and I instruct. Yeah. And here's true. what I learned. Me teaching, coaching and instructing makes me a better mortgage professional. Yep. Yep. So come join us. Don't be late to the party. Cause if you are, the barrier of entry will become greater and the investment that we ask will become higher. Mm. All right. On that note, John, yeah. where do you want to get started? Do you want to, do you want to tackle assumable loans first? Or do you want to tackle this whole like farce? Yeah. That renting to own is a legitimate strategy for the bulk of homebuyers. Well, let's start with what is the ask you me blow loan is. I think it's, you taught me this on the episode. It was like if I'm trying to buy your house or something and you have a really good interest rate, but my interest rate, current rates are like 8%, I can buy your home and I'll inherit your interest rate or something? Yes. Yes, that is a great explanation. Yes, but yeah, give me a B yep, assumable loan. When you assume things, you make an asset of you and me, right? right? So this is an assumable loan, a great way to make an asset of out of a seller yeah. and a buyer. Okay, at the end of the day, that is what an assumable loan means. It means that the buyer is going to come in and they're going to assume the payments, assume the liability from the seller. The seller is going to be released of their requirement to pay that. Mm-hmm. And um, life moves on. Question for you. What, is there any benefit to the seller of taking on an assumable loan or is it just a benefit? That's a it? great question. So the benefit to the seller would be this. Let's say it's December or January or February of 23 or 24. Mm -hmm. That tends to be a slower time in these markets that we're currently in. Mm -hmm. And you're trying to unload your property and you're trying to make your property stand out. You want to get top dollar for your particular home. Why not try to entice a home buyer to say, hey man, my loan's assumable. Why don't you come in, buy my house, and take my 4% rate versus today's 7% rate? That'll save you 600 bucks a month on your payment. That sounds awesome. That does sound awesome. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yes, but let's walk through why that isn't awesome. Okay. First and foremost, 50% of every mortgage that's being written mm -hmm. In today's day and age. And I know this y'all because I help run a mortgage company for a living, right? We have just in, in my direct leadership, seven branches, a hundred plus associates, like we'll do about a billion dollars in mortgage volume. If we were a standalone company, we'd probably make the top 100 in the country. Mm. Okay. And, and here, here's what I know from those years of experience in all of these transactions is that 50% of every loan that, that we as an industry fund and close is one in which is what's called conventional conforming. Those are loans that are packaged and securitized and sold off to Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. 
Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, as they were designed, are quasi-government agencies. They offer liquidity to banks and lenders so that we can make homeownership affordable with low down payment options in fixed interest rate instruments. Okay, that's what Fannie and Freddie do. Well, a conventional conforming loan, 50% of every loan that's being written, um, they're not assumable. So let's first and foremost, like the likelihood of you having an assumable loan to begin with yeah. is slim to none. This is why it's a farce. This is why all the TikTokers and the YouTubers that look. Clickbait. Well, I'm, look, I'm, I'm a grinder. I'm a hustler, right? And I'm going to appreciate the hustle. But to a certain point, you have to have substance. You have to have like, where are you coming from with this? Wait, because you Googled it. And then because of that, you made a, a, a sexy little video and you posted it, but you have no real substance. Like, come on. Yeah. That's most of the content on the internet. Doesn't no, it? no. Learn from people who do, Yeah. right? Like you want to become a millionaire, learn from millionaires. You want to build a successful real estate investment company, learn from those that have done it. So before you go and start consuming content and buying courses, make sure the people teaching you have actually done it. Look at their tax returns, look at their portfolios, figure it out to see if they're worth it. So I'm here to tell you, hey, the reason why I dropped my credentials is I think I know a thing or two. And it starts with, well, 50% of the loans that we are writing are conventional conforming and they're not assumable loans. So then that leaves you 30% are FHA and VA loans. Those loans are assumable. So we'll circle back to that. And then 20% of the loans, it's a mortgage board of what we call non-QM, of jumbo, et cetera. I'm just going to tell you most of those loans aren't assumable either. So that whittles down a lot of the So we come size. down to about 30%. Okay. Well, of the 30% that are left, 10% are VA loans, 20% are FHA loans. If you are a veteran seller, and so John, you're the veteran. Mm -hmm. So thank you for your service. Holler. Okay. Um, you are selling your house to me. I'm going to come in as the buyer and I'm going to assume your mortgage. The minute I do it, your VA entitlement, your VA benefits are still tied into that property. That's going to impact your ability to go buy another home using VA financing. And it's going to screw you royally if I go into foreclosure, because that's going to then prevent you from using that portion of the entitlement that you've now lost because I defaulted. So from a, just a pure liability standpoint, like, yes, you wouldn't be liable on the mortgage, but there's a piece of you, a piece of your entitlement that gets tied into me assuming your loan. I don't know if I'd want to do that. And then on the FHA side, just like with the VA side, by the way, assuming doesn't just mean that any Tom, Dick or Harry, Julie, Heather, or Mary gets to assume the loan. Just because you have like a pulse and a social security number doesn't mean that you get to assume my loan. You still have to qualify. Are there stricter like qualification guidelines if you're assuming someone's loan or is basically the same, you know, um, a little bit more stringent. Okay. I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole, okay. but here's what I'm going to tell you. We can get loans closed pretty consistently 17 to 24 days. That shit's taken two months. Yep. Yeah, and when I do something, I'm utilizing technology. I'm running it through automated underwriting. That's not happening when you go to assume a loan. You don't know who to call. The person in that department doesn't know what they're doing because they don't do enough of them. Okay. But then there comes this bigger issue. If you bought a home in 2024, I'm sorry, if you bought a home in 2020, just 2020. And we're now in 2024. So you've owned this home for three years, maybe only two and a half, depending on like, was the end of 2020? We're now at the beginning of 2024. And you and I record this. You very well have substantial equity in that property. You may have bought it for 350 and today it's worth 425. Mm. Okay. That person coming in to assume your loan, 
they're going to assume whatever you owe. So you bought it for three fifty, you only owe three twenty. You're wanting to sell it for four twenty five. They have to come up with a hundred grand. The hell? They have to come up with essentially a twenty five percent down payment. Do you know how few people have a twenty five percent down payment? Farce. It, this is why it's a farce. It's a farce because you're only going to look to actually assume a loan where the seller has an FHA or a VA loan on it. But the VA loan, they're more than likely not going to want to do because it's going to have some, some future repercussions as it pertains to their entitlement. So that leaves you with the FHA. And then of the FHA, that person, that seller, more than likely has a pretty substantial nest egg of equity. They're, they, the seller, is going to want that from the buyer. Most buyers don't have that. So then the buyer is going to go out and the buyer is going to try to obtain some kind of a secondary financing. Well, that's one more obstacle that now the servicer, the, the, the mortgage company who is going to be approving whether or not I can assume John Coleman's mortgage, not only do they have to underwrite me to make John's payment going forward, but they also have to recognize I now have the second loan that I took out to bridge the gap between my sales price and what the loan amount was uh, versus you know what, what I was assuming. Mm-hmm. It's just a farce. And I'm just kind of tired of it. Like it's a good marketing ploy. Sure. Right. If you're a marketing major and you're trying to get clickbaity and you're trying to get looks, eyeballs, even if I was selling a home and my, my mortgage was assumable, sure. I'd advertise it, but please know the likelihood of you actually pulling it off now. And then when you look at those that have successfully pulled it off, what did it look like? What was the timeline? What type of, what, what type of hurdles did you have to overcome? What type of hoops did you have to jump through? Those people that I have talked to or I have interviewed that were sellers, that were buyers, at the end of it, they wish that they weren't. Like, especially sellers who went two months, two months just to, to get that buyer, they would have been better off leaving the house on the market for two or three weeks and finding a buyer who didn't want to assume their mortgage. Right? Like, they actually ended up carrying their property one month longer than they needed to, waiting for that paperwork to go through. So I just want to set the record straight. Here we are, Q1 of 2024, new year, new us. Mm -hmm. We're doing everything we can through the TLOP brand to shape not just the future of the mortgage industry, but the future of of the way that people handle their personal finances, the way that they leverage debt to purchase real estate, the way they look at real estate as an investment or even as a career. Mm -hmm. We want to help shape that. And some of that, sometimes that's just bringing forth the knowledge that we have and sharing it with others so that they can dispel bullshit versus something with substance. I'm going to tell you, assumable loans, not much substance. Mostly fluff, most, mostly sizzle, clickbait. But the reality, don't go there. Assumable loans must chap your ass, Dio. My ass is chap. <clears throat> Chappy no, ass. Smiling. Chappy ass. I'm smiling. I'm all for the fun. You, you, you've convinced me we're having fun. Yeah, that's all. That's Deep breath, take a step back, and let's have some Chappy fun. Chappy ass. All right, so basically you're saying I should go out and do some more research before I fall for the clickbait of assumable loans. Look, I'm, I'm telling you, you should reach out to a mortgage professional who does this for a living, who can talk to you about the reality. Mm-hmm. And you should look at all of the other loan options and loan programs that allow you to purchase real estate, to generate wealth, to own your own home, but more than likely Mm -hmm. you're not going to assume the seller's mortgage. So go ahead and take that strategy off the table. If you do do it, please know you're in a very small, 
tiny minority. I don't even know if I could call you an outlier. You'd be the outlier's outlier. Do you have a, like a real world example of like uh, an Asuma Valon being a disaster? Do you have like an experience like, hey, I know one person that did it back in the 1920s and whatever. You know what? I don't because of this. I'm a mortgage loan originator. If you were coming to me and you wanted to assume a loan, you're now calling the seller servicer. Ah, really? Yeah. So like now all of a sudden I don't have someone advocating on my behalf, walking me through it. I'm talking to the servicer who, who services the seller's loan. And by the way, if I didn't stress this, you have to qualify home buyers. You still have to qualify. So there's no like, Oh, I got denied by my bank or credit union, or I called Kevin Murphy over at Waterstone mortgage. And Kevin told me he could only approve me for 200, but I'm trying to buy for 300. So now all of a sudden I'm going to go and assume a loan. Like, no, mf you still got to qualify. Hmm. You still got to have credit. You got to have an ability to repay. Like, you got to cover the three Cs. And I think that's also, like, not necessarily mentioned in these TikToks that potentially chap my rear end. So just because they kind of go hand in hand, things that chap Dio's rear end, 20 plus years in this industry, helping thousands of people become homeowners by showing them how to leverage debt to purchase real estate. That's all a mortgage is. It's leverage debt. And if done appropriately and properly, then people realize they can not only leverage debt, but also get the right type of debt because no one mortgage is the same. They all should be tailor-made to match people's financial needs, wants, and goals. So the John, the loan I did for you, which should look different than the loan I do for your sister, which looks different than I, than the loan I did for your ex coworker at EA sports, because all three of you have different parts of life, different financial needs, wants, and goals. Yes. You all want to buy real estate, but how we leverage that debt is going to vary based on those needs, wants, and goals. Total sidebar, but something else that chaps my rear end, this whole notion that you're going to rent to own. Hell yeah. I'm a rental center in my house. Prove me yeah. wrong. I'm going to go to errands and get me a house. I'm going to be very judgmental. I had friends that worked at errands. Oh shit. My bad. They, no. Oh, good for them. Appliance direct. But. The quality of consumer that tends to rent furniture are the same ones that fly Spirit and Frontier. Tend to be people who are still working at stable employment, showing the ability to save money, uh, paying their bills on time. Like they're they're at that point in life, and we've all been there. Like all is a strong word, so I know not all of us have been there. My wife's tuning in right now, and she's like, <laughs> "Not everyone's uh, been there, Dustin. You're right. Not all. Sorry, Michelle, but it's very common. Yeah, it's very common. Like we we all have to start somewhere, and and for some of us, rock bottom is a great place to start. Mm -hmm. So I'm not trying to be judgy, but at the end of the day, when you're renting appliances and you're and you're renting furniture, and it's not because you're on assignment and you did a three, a three month lease mm -hmm. and you just wanted some, some nice furniture and some nice appliances for the three months that you're right. in that one town or city doing whatever it is that you do for a living. Um, you're not also going to do a rent to own for, for a particular home. Now that doesn't mean that my renter, I own a rental property. The very first home that I purchased with my wife 19 years ago, we still own. Now we, we, own it still because when I moved out of it, I was so hella upside down. Mm. Like I legit owed two thirty on the home. It was worth one thirty. Let's go. So instead of short selling it or giving it back to the bank in terms of it, like a deed in lieu of foreclosure, we kept it. We kept it. We rented it and it's worked out in our favor. Yeah. That thing's now today worth about 360,000. We've paid down the loan to 110,000. Mm. That means we have all that equity. And the best part is renters, 
paid the bulk of that loan down. Mm. So it wasn't necessarily my hard earned cash going towards it. But if my renters came to me and they said, Hey, Dio, man, we want to buy your house. Cool. I could sell them my house, but I'm going to sell them my house at fair market value. I'm not going to give them $20,000 worth of rent back. <laughs> you know, now maybe because we might do it without a real estate agent, maybe I'd be willing to hook them up and pay for their closing costs because they're saving me money by not having to go through a realtor. Mm-hmm. But they're not getting a special break or a special deal. So this is what I think most people don't understand because they're not mortgage lenders for a reason. When you are doing a rent to own, the way that the mortgage underwriting guidelines are written, the only way the owner of that property can give you a portion of your rent payment back towards the purchase, get ready for this, John, drum roll. Okay. I got to bring this back. This is a rental, this table. I got to bring it back. Now we own this shit. <laughs> if you're not tuned in on YouTube, just know JC bought us this fancy table and we're just getting used to it, but we are really loving it. So I'm going to do my drum roll on this badass table. But nonetheless, here's what people don't understand. If the seller is going to give a credit mm-hmm. to the buyer because they've been renting there, the only dollar amount that we as a lender can use is whatever dollar amount was paid above and beyond fair market rent. So let me walk you through an example. You're, you're a renter. Mm-hmm. Market rent for my house in Oviedo, Florida is $2,000 a month. Damn. Okay, so you're paying me $2,000 a month to live in my three bedroom, two and a half bath home that sits on a quarter acre in a great school district and right down the street from University of Central Florida. Mm-hmm. When you go to buy my house, the amount of dollars that I can give you to go towards your down payment is zero. A big fat goose egg because you are paying me market rent. Now, if I was charging you $2,500 a month and market rent was $2,000 and we were documenting the overpayment, then yes, we could go through the underwriting process where I could take $500 a month, which is $6,000 a year, times it by the two years you live for me, and I could say, here's $12,000 that John Coleman is going to be able to use towards his down payment. That is allowed. But let me ask you this. How many people in your right mind are going to purposefully overpay to a stranger. I'm, shit, I'm trying to get that. Lead. Give me 50. Can you prorate that 50, that one month free? Can you get that in there? Yeah, I mean, yeah, you'd be better off. If you're going to do that, you'd be better off at paying your landlord $2,000 and give your dad or your mom or someone you trust the $500 extra and be like, you cannot ever give me that money back unless it's for a home purchase. Okay. And like sign some kind of agreement that that's, that's what you're going to do. Always, has rent own always been this way? This is my 20 year history. This is, I've yet to see it. I'm sure there's some dot coms out there. Some, uh, I buyers yeah, that yeah, are yeah. some VC funded, uh, coming out of left fields since, that, since 2020 that, trying to do this. That seems like a racket though. But, Ain't nobody's going to pay knowingly well, pay over and be like, Hey, one I day mean, I'll own it. And then some people do, but I'm like, why Let, let's say they do. Let's just give them the, the benefit of the doubt. They do how much would you get back? Like two get two grand. Well, no, grand? no, you'll get your 12 grand because in, in my yeah. example, you're paying an extra $500 yeah. times 24 months. That's 12 grand. But why in the hell are you letting your landlord keep that money? Right. You'd be better off giving that money to some kind of investment account. Yeah. Go go call Caleb Chapman over at JP Morgan. Mm. Tell him Dio says hi. Right? That's my financial advisor, by the way, guys. 
Um, call Caleb and be like, hey, can you do something with this 500 bucks a month? Put it into an ETF, into a BlackRock account, a Vanguard account, something that's going to earn you interest. At least that way, the 12 grand grows to 15 grand. Mm-hmm. And now you have an extra $3,000 for a down payment. It's just, it's not plausible. It's not realistic. But the number of phone calls I still receive today, hey, do you have any really good rent to own programs? I'm like, what? Good? <sighs> and then why? I just I always go with why. Hey, can you explain to me what, what are you looking to do? And then once I start explaining the, the rules and the guidelines as it pertains to how we can do this, mm-hmm. they're like, why in the hell would I give my landlord extra money to hold? I'm like, exactly. Give it to your mom, give it to your dad, give it to your financial advisor. So I have a question for you. If it sounds like a record, which it is, then how did it get started? Who started it? And who's this product for? It sounds like it's such a niche on top of a niche. Look, I'm sure at some point something was transpiring in the market. And sellers needed a reason to get someone locked into a home. Maybe there was a time that it was a buyer's market. And during a buyer's market, the seller was just trying to get someone to cover their mortgage payment. Mm -hmm. So they're like, look, let me make a deal with you. And John, I will lock you into today's price. I will let you rent from me for the next two years. And if you're willing to pay me a few hundred dollars more, then I'll give you that money back towards down payment. But the, the, the rub to you, the buyer is I'm going to lock in today's price. But the question then becomes this, and this is why I've never found rent to own to actually work. If you lock in today's price at 300 grand and and homes go down by 10% over the next two years, why in the hell do I want to now buy your house for 300 grand? Like now I'm going to want to buy the home for 270. Mm Mm-hmm. And you as a seller may be like, oh, because I have 300 bucks of your money times 24 months. So, you know, I have that $7,200. I'm like, yeah, but still, I'd rather walk away from 7,200 bucks and be forced to buy a house for 30 grand over what it's worth. Same thing goes in reverse. If I'm a seller trying to do rent to own, am I going to honor today's price? Because I'm going to get you locked in at $350,000 in the next 12 months, my home goes up by 5%. So now 350 is 367.5. And then the next year it goes up 2%. So 367.5 all of a sudden is much closer to like 385. Like, do I really, do I really need you that bad that I was going to lock you in? And now I'm forced to sell you a house for 350 when really the going market rate is like 385? Nah. Or 375? Nah. Like it just... Again, it just doesn't make sense. I sit down so many times as my role as a, as a mortgage consultant, mortgage advisor, loan dude, right? My job is to look for win-win situations, especially when there's not realtors involved because you're trying to buy your auntie's house. And, and I'll sit down and I'll help people navigate that or now I've taught my team how to do it. And it just comes down to like, okay, what's the seller looking to get? What's the buyer looking to get? And does this make sense for either party? I'm here to tell you after 20 years experience, the answer is a resounding hell to the no. If it ever does work, we are, again, just like with assumable loans, we're not talking about the outliers. We're talking about the outliers of the outliers. And I wanted to use today's platform and today's episode just to bring attention to this so people stop talking about it. Follow the patterns, right? Follow. There's enough no down payment options out there. Mm-hmm. Like I think about it, my mortgage company. Okay, we have USDA, we have VA. But we have two products that are our own. We call them Wealth Builder and Powerhouse 100. Those right there are four loan products that offer 
zero money down. Then we have down payment assistance programs, both through the county, as well as down payment assistance programs through the state. So if you needed help with your down payment, because maybe you didn't qualify for one of those four zero down options, we still have, we still have your back. Like we do loans for people with five, eight to five credit scores. Fannie and Freddie, their minimum is 620. 620 is still below average credit. Like financing is readily available. I don't think you have to outthink yourself or outsmart yourself. Quit being cute. Quit trying to be creative. Pick up the phone. Talk to a knowledgeable expert. Let them do a home buyer consultation for you. Let them talk to you about your financial needs, wants, and goals. Let them get you qualified for a loan, but more more specifically, a loan that matches your financial needs, wants, and goals. And quit trying to outsmart yourself or outcute yourself. It's a waste of your time in most cases. Hell yeah, Dustin. So that's all I have to say about that. John, do you have anything to add before we wrap this shit up? Damn well, I don't have no color commentary to add to these niche portfolio products for people trying to get home loans. There you go. Hey, but how about this? If you liked what what you heard today and you tuned in for the first time, y'all do us a favor. Share us not once, not twice, but three times. Go over to our YouTube channel. Our YouTube channel, TLOP's YouTube channel. TLOP, by the way, stands for The Loan Officer Podcast. Just look, there's links in the description on just about everything that we do. There's links if you follow me on on um, in, on, on LinkedIn. Links, just links go to our LinkedIn. links on LinkedIn. Go <laughs> yeah. figure. Uh, just go to the, the YouTube channel. We have so much content, most of it for free. And then Mortgage Loan Originators, if you're not a part of the TLOP online community, what are you waiting for? What the hell is wrong with you? Um, coming out to Arizona, looking forward to the housing wire event. Uh, if you're a mortgage executive, a real estate executive, and you plan on being out there, please DM me, hit me up. I'd love to meet up with you. Can't wait to go out to Vegas loan officers, start marking your calendars. Now be on the lookout for more information for that event. Cause TLOP's going to be out there. We're gonna make a big splash. We're going to want to hang. We're going to roll some dice, maybe go to a show, have a couple nice dinners. Um, ought to be a banging event. And look, if you want to know where we're going to be next, go to the website and subscribe to the newsletter. But for now, that's all we have to say about that topic. He's John Coleman. I'm Dustin Owen. You have just tuned in to TLOP. That's all the time we have for you today, but we do look forward to catching you on the next episode. Peace.